I was thinking, you know, when you're at your desk and you think about times of encouragement and rest, that's a time of encouragement and rest, peace, comfort, because you remember Jesus who sacrificed His life for the sins of the entire world. And you remember what the angel said to the shepherds. This news will cause great joy for all people. Doesn't it? Doesn't it cause great joy to all people when they come to know Jesus died for their sins? It is a joyful experience. So I'm glad that we do it every Sunday. Because we got a time of reflection and a time of saying, Jesus, thank you. So thank you for that we do it every week. Now last week, first of all, you see on the screen there, there's no title. I came to Habakkuk and said, I have no title this week, I'm sorry. That's what I told myself because I couldn't come up with a title. We're just going to dive into Habakkuk and learn from this prophet today. Last week we finished up Jude and you remember how short it was, correct? Correct. 25 verses was Jude. And remember what I said, it was one of the most neglected books in the New Testament, one writer said. But I hope that we went through Jude and that it encouraged you to live out your faith in a better way. To contend for the faith because I think, no, 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 I believe that this world desperately needs contenders for the faith. Wrestlers for the faith competitors for the faith because if we don't have those I think well again I believe the faith would just be non-existent if we didn't have wrestlers contenders strugglers to defend God's truth and pass it on to others if we don't have that what would happen what would happen if we don't have people standing up for truth and saying hey next generation I want you to know this what would happen? It would probably be chaos. Or, well, the faith would be non-existence, I believe. We wouldn't see it if we didn't have those people. And now today we come to this little book in the Old Testament, the Hebrew Scriptures, this prophet Habakkuk. You can say it probably many ways, but I say Habakkuk. It's three chapters long. Not very long, but it's in there. And if you... Start in Genesis and you turn the pages and you try to find Habakkuk. I probably would imagine that some people would skip over it because you'd lose your track and say, where is Habakkuk? You'd probably lose your place. J. Vernon McGee, a writer, said this, Don't let the brevity or the shortness of Habakkuk deceive you. Importance is not determined by how much you say, but by what you say. Do you know people that speak few words? Do you know people like that? When they speak, they speak one sentence and it's like, wow, that's all you needed to say. Thank you. And then you have those people that talk too much. And you don't even remember what they said because they're just blabbing and blabbing and blabbing on. And you're like, okay, what did you just say? Go back to what you said at the first sentence. That's probably what you wanted to say anyway. But Habakkuk is very short but it's important. It's in there for a reason. We read it for a reason. That's why we're studying it together. Another writer, 
In his book called The Prophets as Preachers said this, Gary Smith said, Habakkuk's writings were not a report of the prophet's public communication to persuade the people of Judah to change their faith or behavior, like most other prophetic books. The book of Habakkuk is a rare look at the private diary of a confused preacher. As we read Habakkuk, some of you said you've read it, but when you read through it, it's a conversation between Habakkuk and the Lord. We get a glimpse of this diary, of this private diary. How many of you journal? You don't have to raise your hands, but how many of you journal? You write things down in a journal that only you read or write. I do. Not every day, but I do write things down. And if you go to my journals and you pick it up, you would get a glimpse of what happened in that day from the life of me. This is a glimpse of a conversation that this prophet has with God. And we get to read it and be challenged by it. Gary Smith goes on, Before Habakkuk or the preacher today can confidently persuade others to trust God, God must transform that person's understanding of His sovereign ways and produce a heart that is open to the dynamics of a life of faith. I think I've said it before. If I study a book and I'm not doing what it says, then I can't preach to you what it says. That's what this writer Gary Smith said, and Habakkuk understood that he goes to God first before he goes to others. Lynn Gardner, another writer, he was a Bible college professor for 40 years, so he probably knew his stuff. The prophets can help us in knowing the sovereign Lord of history. Do you ever read the prophets of the Hebrew text? They understood that God was in control. They receive a word and they go out and proclaim it because they understood that God was the one in control. But you'll see here in Habakkuk, we'll see when we get to this first chapter, the first 11 verses, you're going to say, Habakkuk is, is a little confused, a little, what's going on in the world? So as we look at Habakkuk, it probably will only take a few weeks. But I hope that we're encouraged that our faith will grow stronger. And this is the most important thing. That our eyes would be fixed on Jesus, the Savior of the world. Gerald mentioned Hebrews 12. Fix your eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of faith. And he also reminded me, when names pop in your head, you text them, you call them, you write them. In Sunday school, we talked about that too. When people come to your mind, what do you do with that name? Somebody, I texted a friend this week just to see how he was doing. One of my best friends, he was on vacation. He's at a camp this week. He's speaking at a camp. And he said, I'm struggling with faith sometimes. And what verse did I encourage him with? Fix your eyes on Jesus. And he was very thankful and appreciative of that. Because that's where our focus needs to be. If it's not, then why are we getting up in the morning? Or why do we get up on Sunday and come here? 
So as we dive into Habakkuk, let's remember that we serve a great God who's in control of the world. Let's pray before we dive in. God, thank you for today. I pray that today we would be led by the Spirit into truth from this little book of Habakkuk. This prophet came to you with questions. Help us to learn from this prophet and to go out in the world and live out our faith in a more impactful way for the kingdom of God. Thank you for being in this place. Thank you for the people here, but also thank you for those online listening even right now. Please watch over us and guide our hearts and minds to the truth. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now, if you're ready to dive into this book of Habakkuk, everybody say, let's go, and I'm ready. Are you ready? Are you sure? I don't think you're sure. You're like, Habakkuk, I haven't read that in a while. We'll see what this is all about. But I hope you're ready. And this is some questions we can think about before we get into it. When we come to God's Word, are we excited to hear from it? When we are reading or listening to God's Word, do we come with a heart ready to receive it? And when we hear God's Word, and there's understanding, and there's something we've got to take from it and apply to our lives, do we receive it with faith, and with that faith produce a crop? There's steps there. Are you excited to hear from God's Word when you read it? Are you ready to hear it and receive it? Are you ready for it? And if you have something that catches your eye or your mind and the Spirit saying, you've got to do that, are you willing to say yes and produce a crop? Because if we're going to God's Word and just simply reading it, I mean, it's good to read it, yes. But are we taking it and using it in our lives? That's when it becomes real. That's when it becomes transforming. And I hope that we are all doing that. Some of you may be thinking, well, it's only Habakkuk. It's old. But I think we can learn from this prophet. So let's begin. Verse 1, you will see there. If you haven't turned there, you can turn there. Habakkuk Chapter 1, verse 1. The prophecy that Habakkuk the prophet received. The masa is the Hebrew word. Masa means prophecy, utterance, an oracle, or burden. The King James Version says the burden of, the burden that Habakkuk received. A burden. This Thing that you have to carry around with you. That's what the, this prophet is receiving. Something heavy. Something that's dragging you. Making you stagger. As one writer said. And then you read on. That Habakkuk the prophet received. Habakkuk means, I like meaning of names. My name means nothing significant. So I'm not going to share it. But Habakkuk means embrace. The embracer has embraced or accepted this prophecy or burden, as some translations say, readily with purpose. 
So this embracer, this prophet says, okay, I'm going to hold on to this prophecy. I'm going to hold on to this burden that I've received. When you read names in the Bible, usually the meaning of the name really fits the context of what you're reading. It amazes me. So this embracer has embraced this prophecy that he's received. And as we go through Habakkuk, remember I told earlier, this is a conversation. This spokesperson, that's what a prophet is, a spokesperson for God, is getting, giving us his conversation with God. We get a part of it. We get to be a part of it. Do you ever want to be a part of somebody else's conversation? You walk by them and you hear a word that sparks your interest and you're like, what are they talking about? And it could be like two random people in the grocery store or a ball game or something. And you're like, I wish I could be a fly on the wall and get in there and see what they're talking about. We get that right here with Habakkuk and the Lord. Habakkuk has been called the prophet of faith by some writers and also a man with questions. And if you've read it, there's a lot of questions in there. If you read the whole book, there's probably 11 questions that the prophet asks God. So let's see how these play out throughout the book. So the first point I want you to write down if you're writing, I don't have them on the screen, but Habakkuk just receives the prophecy. Habakkuk the prophet received the prophecy. Let's read verses 2 through 4. Here we go. How long, Lord, must I call for help, but you do not listen, or cry out to you violence, but you do not save? Why do you make me look at injustice? Why do you tolerate wrongdoing? Destruction and violence are before me. There is strife and conflict abounds. Therefore the law is paralyzed and justice never prevails. The wicked hem in the righteous so that justice is perverted. Habakkuk, what does he do? He cried out to the Lord in frustration it seems like frustration and Habakkuk like us today okay you bring it to today you look around Habakkuk looks around we look around and what do we see sinfulness wickedness brokenness all around us do we not do we see that around us yes so Habakkuk is saying look at this God, what is happening? And we're saying the same things today. There's only one response in the the mind of this prophet, and all he can do is go to God. He's going to God. He's crying out. And you read those questions, and all the words you think about is frustration, confusion, and even a little bit of complaining it may seem like. Because he's asking these questions. Go through them again and look at this. How long must I call for help and you don't listen? Do we ever say that? God, how long is this going to happen in this world? Why aren't you doing anything? Help us. The frustration of this prophet, it comes out. How long? I've probably asked that question more than one time a day. At my desk. How long does this happen? 
How long do I have to turn on a news story and hear of another shooting at a school or another whatever it is? How long before you help? How long before you even listen to us? The Habakkuk cries out. And then he goes another question or he cries out, violence. Do you see the violence? And you don't even save. This word violence in the Hebrew is Hamas. It's violence, wrong, cruelty, injustice. This is a physical violence. A physical wrongdoing. A physical cruelty. Do we see those today? You bet you. Have you ever cried that out? Violence. And you don't even save Then the next one you see, why do you make me look at injustice? Why do I have to see this happening? You walk outside or you go to on the news stories or you go anywhere and there's a lot of injustice today. And Habakkuk and we cry out together, why do I have to look at this, God? Do something about it. And then he says, why do you tolerate wrongdoing? These questions of frustration, confusion, and complaining. And Habakkuk gives his reasoning, right? In verses 3 and 4, this is the reasoning. He says, destruction and violence are before me. There's strife, conflict. There's, the law has no effect. Justice never prevails and it's perverted. The justice that may be there is perverted. So all these things are happening, but why is it happening? This is what I think and believe, because there's no God in the mix. Everybody does their own agendas, and wickedness seems to be prevailing. In Habakkuk's mind, and also in our mind today, right? We say, why isn't justice being happening? Why is the law not going into effect? Why is there strife? Why is there conflict? This may even hit more. We see it in the church. Do you see it in the church around you? Around us? We went through Jude, right? People secretly creep in and want to cause conflict. Want to cause strife. Want to cause destruction. But Habakkuk and us today, this is the world around us. And we cry out these Voice these questions and these things to God and just saying, please listen to me, God. So number two point, Habakkuk understood that you go to the sovereign Lord with your questioning. Go to God first. When you're sitting alone and you're looking and you're reading news, don't go anywhere else before you go to God. Voice your questions, voice your asking to God first because He's there to listen to you. I've seen prayers answered and you probably have too. So who do we go to? Go to God because He's the sovereign Lord who is in control. And then you get a glimpse, 5 through 11 is God's answer to Habakkuk. Now, if you just ask those questions... 
you're probably expecting an answer of like, okay, God's going to do something like that, right? But watch what the Lord comes to Habakkuk. So Habakkuk cries out, says all these questions, and look what the Lord says, 5 through 11. Look at the nations and watch. Be utterly amazed. For I am going to do something in your days that you would not believe even if you were told. I'm raising up the Babylonians, the ruthless and impetuous people who sweep across the whole earth to seize dwellings not their own. They are feared and dreaded people. They are law to themselves and promote their own honor. Their horses are swifter than leopards, fiercer than wolves at dusk. Their cavalry gallops headlong. Their horsemen come from afar. They fly like an eagle swooping to devour. They all come intent on violence. Their hordes advance like a desert wind and gather prisoners like sand. They mock kings and scoff at rulers. They laugh at all fortified cities. By building earthen ramps, they capture them. Then they sweep past like the wind and go on. Guilty people whose own strength is their God. Habakkuk gets done with his questioning and he's ready for an answer. Hopefully that God's just going to do something like right away. But did you catch that? God says, for I am going to do something. Even if I told you, you're not even going to believe it. Now we'll get back to that verse in a minute. But the Lord provided an answer that Habakkuk did not expect. Do we ever receive an answer that we didn't expect? Everybody's shaking their head, so I'm thinking you got one that you're like, I thought it was going to happen differently. But it happened exactly how God planned it or God wanted it to happen. So Habakkuk would not cry out to God if he did not have faith. I want you to understand that. When I'm reading Habakkuk, I don't think this is a prophet of lacking faith. And you heard it earlier, one writer said this is a prophet of faith, and I truly believe that because why do you go to God first? Because he has faith. And he's expecting God to answer him. Gary Smith again said this in his book, to encourage faith, God communicated a new vision of the future to Habakkuk. He said, Habakkuk, you might know what's coming, but I'm going to give you something new. Something that you're not even going to believe. And what did he say? He's like, I'm going to raise up the Babylonians. <laughs> Bradley Cobb, in his study on Habakkuk, his, the book is entitled, Wait Not Them. <laughs> it, the Babylonians, wait, don't, don't use them. This is what he said, and he states that it is a good reminder to take notice from Habakkuk's writing here that it was not the Babylonians or the Chaldeans, as Trump translations, coming on their own, but that it was God that raised them up. God had a plan for punishing wickedness and sin. So remind yourself of the God says, the Lord says, I am raising up the Babylonians. They're not coming on their own. I'm the one doing it. So God is the one in control, not the Babylonians, which they may seem like they're in control, but if you read down, remember, their own strength is their God. They don't believe in the true God. Their own strength is their God. 
But God raises these Babylonians up. And the Babylonians were carrying out, and they're not going to stop unless everything that they want to do is going to happen. Chuck Swindoll, a writer, said this, The book of Habakkuk reminds us that no place is too dark and no wall too thick for God's grace to penetrate in a powerful and life-affirming way. Habakkuk received an unexpected answer from God. Habakkuk was ready to receive an answer and he got one that said what? I'm going to do something in your days that you would not believe even if you were told. Even if you were told. That's a verse I want to focus on as we're getting ready to close because he, if you look at Habakkuk 2.4 for a second, or f- yes, 2.4, at the very end, it says, but the righteous person will live by his faithfulness. That verse is quoted three times in the New Testament from Habakkuk, that verse about faith. You know chapter 1, verse 5, the for I am going to do something at your days that you would not believe even if you were told is quoted in the New Testament. Did you know that? Who knew that before today? None of you, see? Go to Acts, see? Go to Acts. When you're studying at your desk, you find little nuggets, which is so cool because I've grown up with the Bible. I've read it several times, but you still learn something new every single week, every single day. Go to Acts chapter 13. And this is Paul and Barnabas, or his companions, are in Antioch. And he's proclaiming the gospel message. He's proclaiming Jesus to his fellow Israelites and the Gentiles. So he's saying, listen to me. But you get to verse 40 and 41. Well, I'll I'll start in 38, okay? Go back to 38 and we're going to read to 41. Acts 13, 38. Therefore, my friends, I want you to know that through Jesus, the forgiveness of sins is proclaimed to you. Through Him, everyone who believes is set free from every sin, a justification you were not able to obtain under the law of Moses. Take care that what the prophets have said does not happen to you. Look, you scoffers, wonder and perish, for I am going to do something in your days that you would not, never believe, even if someone told you. What is Paul talking about in this passage? He's preaching Jesus who takes away what? The sins of the world. And Paul says, take care that what the prophets have said does not happen to you. I'm going to do something in your days that you would never believe even if someone told you. If someone came and said to these fellow his Israelites and the Jewish people, he said, Jesus is going to come, live a life, die on the cross for your sins. If you believe in him, you'll be forgiven. What would they say? They probably would not believe, right? Until it happened. And some people still don't believe since it happened. When he's quoting Habakkuk, God in Habakkuk says, look Habakkuk, I'm going to do something. Even if you were told, you would not believe. I'm raising up these Babylonians 
to take away, you know, Jewish people and this, the Israelites were wicked people. They were going back and forth about God and he needs to take care of sin. How did he take care of sin? Completely. Who did God send? Jesus. And Paul is saying, don't let it happen to you. Don't, yeah, don't let it happen. Believe it because Jesus came to die on the cross for your sins and my sins and Paul didn't stop at anything to proclaim that gospel message. Now, the word faith in the Hebrew scripture is emunah, meaning certainty and faithfulness. So in Habakkuk 2.4, it's certainty. You're living by a certainty. You're living by a faithfulness that says God's in control. He was certain that God was sovereign. And faith in the New Testament is pistis, meaning a conviction based upon hearing. And what questions was I asking at the beginning of the message? When we come to God's word, what do we do? How do we hear it? How do we respond to it? How do we live by it? So today, if you, I mean, we've all heard, right? We've all heard from God's word today, I hope. How will you receive it? How will you receive it? And what will you do with what you received? Jesus said this, to his listeners at one time he said come to me all you who are weary and burdened and I will give you rest remember Habakkuk the burden the, the prophet received he went to God he went to the Lord and Jesus says hey come to me you'll find rest he also said this, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. Do you believe that? Or do we just say it? So today, do you have faith? A conviction based upon hearing. Do you have that? If you don't, Jesus forgives you. He went to the cross and died for you and me and the whole world. Don't be like the people that hear it and don't believe. Be like Habakkuk that knows God's in control. And I'll end with this, one of my favorite choruses in the hymn book. Before I say that and pray, if you need to start following Jesus and saying, God, you're the only one that can save me, do that today. Remember, you're not alone. There's many people who are going to encourage you in your faith journey. And the second thing, if you want to join this church, you can. We're happy when people join our congregation to serve with us, to encourage us. So if you have one of those two decisions and you want to make it today, go ahead and make it. And I close with this. This is why I keep going. This is why I keep going. This is why I come up here every week and try to encourage you with the scriptures, following the Spirit's guiding, and why I study in my office, why I talk to people in the week. This is what keeps me going. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. 
sweetest name I know, fills my every longing, keeps me singing as I go. That's what's keeping me going. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for this prophet Habakkuk that gives us a glimpse of the conversation he was having with you. And we look around this world and we may be saying the same things. How long? Why are you allowing this to happen? But help us to have faith that you are in control, that you know what's happening and you're you're there. Help us to keep following you and to encourage others to follow you. And I pray today that we would fix our eyes on Jesus because he's the author and perfecter of faith. For the joy was set before him, he endured the cross for us. So help us to have that type of faith and to go out and live out our faith so that people can understand who Jesus is. Thank you for this morning. Thank you for your word. Thank you for all those who have heard your word today. Please bless them and guide them into your truth and to allow them to have a cheerful heart in Jesus. And it's his wonderful name we pray. Amen.